Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 105 in Edmonton, Brendan Escott with you on the Friday edition of Oilers Now, and we're talking a lot about draft prospects, as is going to be the case moving forward in the next few weeks, leading up to June 21st, when the big day goes down in Vancouver. Oilers Now, brought to you by Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the digitex.ca e-commerce store. No need to spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology, software, IT, and supplies. You can keep in touch on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063, and keep them coming on the Heartland Ford text line 630-630. If you think all dealerships are the same, you'd better think again. Experience buying a vehicle on your terms with no pressure at Heartland Ford. Uh, We are on Twitter as well. The show is at Oilers Now and I am at Brendan Escott. Without further ado, pleased to be joined finally by the Athletics' Corey Pronman. If you haven't read his work, he's essentially the beat reporter for NHL Draft Prospects. Corey, thank you for taking some time out of what I'm sure has been a bit busy stretch for you here yeah sure thing so i want to start right off the top here uh jack hughes capo caco it's not really the taylor versus tyler type of draft but caco certainly made a case to at least be thought about for the number one pick with his performance at the world hockey championship how close is this really um i would not say there's a significant gap between the two players and, you know, I could see reasonable debates for either way. I definitely still think Jack is the number one prospect. There are certain things about his game, particularly in the way he skates at such a special level, that I don't think Capo can simulate at the same level. That would make me lean towards Jack. But I think you can't ignore what Capo has done all season in Liga and at the World. Yeah, he's got some special attributes of how skilled and how smart and how physical he is. Uh, I think he's going to be a real impact player in the National Hockey League, but I think Jack has a little bit extra, 
and he's a center as well. So a lot of that narrative then, Corey, is coming from the fact that Kako, he's played against men all season. He's just maybe more acclimated to that and maybe more pro-ready right now. But the long-term prospect, you believe, is Hughes at number one? Yeah, but and I think, you know, Kako deserves, you know, a lot of praise for what he did. I think what he did at the Worlds was a very unique uh, performance, and it should at least make uh, New Jersey think about it. I, I, I think you should probably still lean to Jack, but I think Kako is, you know, he's, he's not right, he's not miles behind. I think he, he's right there. I just would lean towards Jack. Chatting with the Athletics, Corey Pronman, the beat reporter for NHL Prospects. Uh, Corey, you're in Buffalo. Uh, things are pretty much sewn up for picks one and two. At three, that's where it starts to get some differing opinions. So Chicago has that pick. They do have a need at forward, so Alex Turcott can certainly be enticing. But Bowen Byram had an excellent regular season for the Vancouver Giants and then uh, really vaulted himself up even further in the playoffs. So who do you see uh, the next couple of picks after one and two? being starting with number three. Yeah, I think those two players, Alex Turcotte and Bowen Byron, are the two likeliest options at number three for Chicago. And, you know, while they do need some help, they need help everywhere right now. So, I, I mean, especially the bill will point out to the fact that they've drafted a lot of defensemen, uh, Adam Bokvist, uh, Henry Yokoharu, Ian Mitchell with high picks in the last few years. And all of those guys are right-handed shots. I think Byron could slide in there on that left side and there would be an opening on, on that depth chart. Um, and it really comes down to just you know which player they like more and and what they value. But I think those are the two likeliest options right now at three. What do you make, Corey, of Vasily uh, Podkolzin, the Russian winger, uh, was once right in that number three conversation and then somewhat of a tumultuous season has lowered his draft stock, certainly. Who is he to you as a player, and can he be an impact NHL player? I should have just asked him. He just walked right by me. <laughs> but... Uh, 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 he, uh, I, I think he had a he had a really good year. I think at the U18s he wasn't dominant, but he had plenty of tournaments throughout the year where he was very good. From the Hoenka Gretzky in Edmonton to the World Junior A Challenge in Bonneville to the World Juniors in Vancouver and, and other times during the year too. I think he's a really good player. He's got high end skill. He's a, he's an elite physical player. He can score and make plays. You know, I've heard anywhere from six to twelve will kind of be his range right now. That's a pretty wide gap. So he's going to be one uh, at the draft combine that's going to have interviews with a lot of teams. Uh, one team in particular is getting a lot of focus, Corey, in this year's draft, and that is the United States uh, National Development Team. Uh, they've got five uh, of the possible 10 or 11 first picks here. Boldy, Caulfield, Zegris, of course, Turcotte and Hughes as well. Um, when you look at Caulfield, you look at Zegris, you look at Boldy, that's more of the range that Oilers fans are going to be uh, expecting to see some of those names fall in orange and blue. Is there anybody in that group that kind of stands out to you above the rest, or are they pretty even across the board? I mean, I think all those guys are exceptional players. I think Zegris is the most purely skilled player in the draft. I think Cole Caulfield's going to be a, a leader uh, on, on the NHL goal scoring uh, leaderboard for, for years. I think Boldy's an exceptionally talented man, uh, player, 6'2", high-end skill, high-end vision. You know, I think all those guys are going to be impact forwards in the National Hockey League. It's just a matter of, of what you want. Any one of them perhaps more pro-ready? I know uh, you put the article out on The Athletic about uh, Zegris and his, just his incredible uh, playmaking and his, and his vision of the ice. Is, is there any one of those three that maybe looks like they could step in sooner than the rest? 
I, I think Cole and Boldy probably get there before Zegers does. Interesting. Um, what is your take? Because Caulfield is, he's only, you know, he's diminutive. He's five foot six. I can't think of another player that small that's going to go this high in a draft. Obviously, the, the league is shifting in that regard. But what about his game makes you think that he could survive out there in the NHL, uh, the crash and bang style of league? Yeah, and you're right. It's due to the more progressive thinking that's led to him being a likely high pick. Five, ten years ago, I don't think this would be the case. But the guy scored nearly 75 goals this season. And I think, you, you know, no matter how small the player is, you have to look at that and give him the respect it deserves. I mean, he's got a special shot, you know, really, really good hands. He's really smart. He competes. He can score goals, you know, whether, you know, sniping from, from the circles, he gets to the net, he scores on breakaways, he can score from, from far distance. Uh, he's a really dynamic player, and I think he's going to be an impact player in college right away and be ready to sign shortly right after that. Uh, I personally would like to be able to compare him to Alex Dabrinkit. Do you think that's a fair comparison? There are some similarities in, in some instances and some, dif- and some differences in their game. The differences would be, I think, Cole's a bit of a better skater and Dabrinkit has a little bit more physicality in his game. Uh, but they are similar in guys with really good shots, really smart players who during the times of their drafts were claims of they're not elite drivers, they're being carried by players. And in Cole's case, it would be Jack Hughes. And in Alex's case, it was Connor McDavid in his draft year. I think both those players are exceptional players. And I think Cole's going to be a really good NHL player for a long time. Chatting now with Corey Pronman of The Athletic. Uh, Corey, give me some risers and fallers since we started looking at the draft prospects in this class. Who's really elevated their stock and who has slipped a bit? I think Moore Sider really came on strong at the end of the year. The German defenseman uh, played real. He was impressive at the world. You know, for 17-year-old defensemen, don't typically play at that tournament. And to do what he did and to hold his own, to play well versus, you know, at times NHL players, I thought was very impressive. And his last few weeks uh, helped his case a lot. Uh, anybody who's slipped a little bit in, in your eyes in terms of where they started out the season and, and then where they are now in some of the projections? Uh, Ryan Suzuki was a little bit up and down. I thought the last month or two in Barry in the OHL, he was really good, but his midseason wasn't great, and he was hurt the U18 tournament, which which didn't help him. Um, I don't know where Thomas Harley is going to go right now. He also had a kind of a so-so U18 tournament, so I've heard some divided takes from NHL people on where they think he's going to end up. Talk to me about Matthew Robertson uh, of the Edmonton Oil Kings here, a big, strong defenseman. Uh, he has been a uh, first-round projection all year long. Uh, what do you think of his game and where he might fall or to in the draft? Yeah. He's, a, he's a very you know interesting player because he's got a lot of tools. He's 6'3", he can skate. I think he's got some sneaky skill. You know, He's not going to be you know a game-breaking, flashy kind of player, but I expect he kind of goes in like kind of that 25 to 40 range right now because he's because he's because of his size and his skating ability. He may not have had the massive production. Maybe he would have someone would have hoped he had, but there's there's too many attributes there. I think he's going to be an NHL defenseman at some point. Tell me about Raphael Lavoie. What do you see in his game? Uh, you know, Raphael had a really good postseason after a so-so regular season where you know he was he was really impactful for Halifax getting into the finals. Uh, he's a guy with size and skill. He can, he can really shoot the puck. He skates well for a big man. 
getting that consistency down will be a big thing for him. But his toolkit's one of the most interesting in the draft. Got Corey Promman on the line, picking his brain about some of the NHL draft prospects. Another one I want to thought from you on is Brett Leeson. Of course, he tore up the WHL this year. He's uh, this is his second time going through the draft process, if I'm not mistaken. Now uh, selected or projected, perhaps, to be a first round pick. What do you see out of the uh, the big body, Brett Leeson? I think it's his third time, actually, but I might be mistaken. I mean, what's really changed for for him is he became a really, you know, a significantly better skater. Um, and then you, you add on the size, the fact that he has skill and good vision. It, it really just changed the way he was he played. And he added a little bit of speed to that big frame. And all of a sudden, he's making plays and he's and he's pushing the pace at the WHL level. And I am expecting he kind of goes in that same range that Robertson goes. Spencer Knight, the goaltender out of the U.S. National Development Program. I've heard some people suggest he might be the best goaltender that they've produced. I've heard others suggest that because he played behind such a strong, stacked-up roster that it's a little bit harder to gauge. What are your thoughts on him? Uh, I, I think John Gibson is a really good player. So if he's better than John Gibson, that's, uh, I think whichever team takes him would be, would be very happy. I'm not sure I project him to be that good, but I think he's going to be you know, a very quality starting goal in the NHL. I think there's a lot of he's, you know, he's got elite hockey sense, and uh, you know, I think he's a really, he's a really, he's a really bright and mature kid who I think will be impactful in college hockey right away. Where do you see him landing? I've seen mocks with him going to Ottawa. I've seen him going to Los Angeles. What's your opinion on that? Yeah. I'd say like 12-22 would kind of be the range I think he'd keep going. Interesting stuff. Who are we not talking enough about that you've seen that needs to get some more attention in terms of the draft prospects this year? I think Alex Newhook is a really good prospect that should be given a lot of attention because I think he's a, he's a game-breaking kind of talent, the high-end speed skill, hockey sense, compete. I think that guy is the complete package. Alex Newhook uh, out of the Victoria Grizzlies program in the BCHL. Now, uh, we've seen, as we're talking to Corey Pronman right now, who's sort of the athletics expert on hockey prospects, we've seen the Western Canadian Junior A-Leagues garner a lot more attention in the last couple of years. Uh, Jacob Bernard-Docker, Kale McCarr, of course, who stepped in in the playoffs here. And Newhook's another one who's going to be a first-round pick. Uh, maybe just a thought on how these leagues out west here in Canada have started to develop the talent at the junior A level, not necessarily the uh, the WHL level, for example. Yeah, I mean, they, they, the level there, has, I think, has been getting a little bit better. I think you're starting to see, not just Newhook, but Tyson Joes, Dante Favreau, Kale McCarr, Bernard Docker, Giant Iconic as recent high picks. Um, you know, the league play is not as strong as Major Junior, but it, 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 it pushes them enough to prepare them for college hockey, and they also get the chance to play the World Junior A Challenge, play against high-level competitions there. Um, I think it's just, well, we see, we see, it's been a promising trend, I think, the last few years, because there was a little bit of a, of a trend, you know, the two years before that, where there wasn't as many high picks coming out of those leagues. I'm going to leave you with this, Corey. Uh, we've got people texting here at 6.30, 6.30, asking who you think the Oilers have picked. I don't know if you've done your mock draft yet. If you haven't, I'm sure it'll be available in the near future. But who are the Oilers taking at eight? Should they uh, stay there and pick there? Yeah, I, I, haven't done, I haven't done a mock draft yet. I'm still kind of at the, at, the, uh, at the combine trying to figure out kind of where things land. I do suspect it'll be, if I, you know, as a betting man, you know, one of those USA wingers, or one of the two WHL centers, Docker Cousins, are kind of what I think are the realistic options for them at that spot. Excellent stuff, Corey. Appreciate having you on, and enjoy the combine.
That is the Athletics' Corey Pronman here on Oilers Now. So there's some food for thought. It's uh, it's kind of, it, I don't want to say it's wide open after one and two, but there is, you could go to five different mock drafts and you're going to get five dramatically different opinions on where these guys are going to go. We've seen Dylan Cousins mocked as high as three. We've seen him down towards nine or ten. Could he be an option for the Oilers? Would they want to take the Western Hockey League route? I had a friend text me before the show started suggesting that, well, you know, Dave Tippett in recent years hasn't had a tremendous amount of success with these major junior players. So is do they try and avoid it based on that? You know, that's something else to think about. But pretty much across the board, you can see it's going to be either a Zegras, a Cole Caulfield, or a Matthew Boldy. Again, I'll fire this up on the text line. Who do you want to see the Oilers take with that number eight overall pick? And do you want to see them pick in the second round, or would you rather that turns into more of an NHL? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's already player. Text me at 630-630. We'll get to some of that after a brief timeout. Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. 123 in Edmonton. We're going to go right now to NHL Today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. They're more than just sportswear and they want to know if I can find what I'm supposed to read here for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. Uh, do your clients love the outdoors? You can get them the hottest summer gear like branded camping chairs, coolers, and more at Elite Promotional Marketing. So, Stanley Cup Final resumes from St. Louis tomorrow night. That action live on 6.30, Ched, at 6 p.m. As the Blues look to use home ice advantage to move ahead in this series, which is tied at one game apiece. Now, they will be doing so without forward Oscar Sunquist. He was suspended one game for boarding Bruins D-man Matt Grizzlick in Game 2. Grizzlick in concussion protocol will not travel to St. Louis, so that rules him out for Games 3 and 4 at least. Elliot Friedman saying earlier in this show, John Moore is expected to draw into the lineup. The NHL has also cleared Capitals forward Evgeny Kuznetsov uh, with respect to the video of him and the white substance in the hotel room. Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly saying he doesn't 
condone the decisions made that night, but they found no basis to question what did or did not occur based on the information that they had gathered. So that has been put to bed by the Capitals and the league. The Maple Leafs have put Nikita Zaitsev on the trade block, working with the 27-year-old Russian to find a fresh start after he registered just 14 points in 81 games. He does have five years left on the seven-year, $31.5 million deal that Lou Lamorello signed him to. The Canucks and restricted free agent forward Brock Besser reportedly not close on contract talks, though they are expected to meet again soon. Listen, in my opinion, if the William Nylander thing wasn't enough to scare players away from holding out, especially for as long as he did, then I I don't know what to tell you. But uh, it sounds like from what Elliot Friedman said earlier on the show, they're not interested in a bridge deal. The Jets, meanwhile, re-upping with Logan Shaw and CJ Seuss for one year at uh, one year apiece, both at $700,000. And Willie Desjardins is returning to the Medicine Hat Tigers as the GM and head coach of the team. He was the head coach of the Tigers from 2002 to 2010 before becoming an associate coach with Dallas and then, of course, a head coaching stint with the Vancouver Canucks. He did win two WHL championships with the Tigers, one in 04, and then three years later in 07. Chris Russell captaining one of those teams, if I'm not mistaken. And we'll end with this. Game one of the AHL's Calder Cup final between the Charlotte Checkers and Chicago Wolves goes on Saturday. A couple texts I want to get to here on the Heartland Ford text line at 630-630 out of Edmonton. Uh, Nick M says, I would take one of the WHL centers, either Doc or Cousins. The Oilers have zero top two centers in the prospect lists, and if they ever want to trade Nuge, it would be nice to have a homegrown solution. They can use free agency or lower picks to get some wing help. Well, that's going to be an option, uh, but I've said this before, and I will stand on this pedestal. I really like what Ryan McLeod brings. I would suggest to you that he does have a ceiling in the NHL as a top or or a top two forward, probably a second-line center, and you're right. If they ever did decide to move Nuge out, um, it would be nice to have some depth, but it is a best player available scenario, the way that I look at this, so whomever that ends up being. Trade suggestion coming out of Grand Prairie, Alberta. Russell plus a third for Toffoli, Benning, Kara, Manning, and a second for Kapanen, Brown, and Zaitsev. Zaitsev has a major negative value in Toronto, but he might prove better in Edmonton as he can pass the puck to Foley, Nuge, Kapanen as one heck of a storyline, scoring line rather. So, uh, yeah, I mean, those are absolute blockbuster suggestions, and I know that the Oilers would love to have Connor Brown at the helm. I think they could get him in a smaller deal. I don't imagine that the the Maple Leafs are moving Kasperi Kapanen anywhere. And, you know, Zaitsev, I don't know if he's proven enough for this market, in my opinion. That's the way I see it. Big guest coming up next. Bob Stoffer had a one-on-one with the Oilers Director of Player Personnel, Bob Green. We'll get to that after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.